Man, that was a powerful word. Amen? Amen. That wasn't just for the kids. Yeah, there was there the Lord is speaking this evening this this evening. This morning. Maybe I'll go on into the evening. Just kidding. I'm just gonna pray quickly. Lord Jesus, I just thank you for your love and I thank you for your grace. And Holy Spirit, we just surrender to what you have for us this morning. That you would move among us, that you would be glorified in us, that you would be magnified in our surrender. Not our way, but your way, Lord. So have your way. Shabbatakasu. In Jesus, in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Shabbatakasu. I'm actually going to flow off of what Mena did. I guess that's what happens when you have prophets that speak, you know, um, that the Holy Spirit just moves and he's saying, the Holy Spirit's saying something this evening or this, oh, I don't know why I keep on saying this evening, this morning, this morning. Okay. So Carlos, can you just play that, that song just in the background for me? Shabbat Um, This is a word that I've received and the Lord really brought it back to mind when uh, Mena was speaking. And I believe it's for many women here and men here. And um, um, the Lord's going to touch some people this morning. Amen. Amen. I just want to say, if God met your expectation this morning, how much are you going to be impacted by him? So if there's an expectation shift that you need to have, then let's do that like right now. Because God, God's ready. Yeah, there's the Holy Spirit's on this right now. Okay, Shabbat So just tell him if you need that that shift. Just tell him, Lord, help me. I want to receive because God gives grace to the humble. Amen. Amen. So the word that I had was that Deborahs are rising up. I see. I see kings transferring crowns to their daughters. God is rising up a Deborah generation that is not afraid of a little work, of getting their hands dirty, who are fierce in a fight, who are clothed with humility and strength, whose words are seasoned with healing and are anointed because they speak the word of God. Their foundation is on truth. They are raising up to fight the destruction of their children. They're speaking out against the false agenda. They are rising up to call to repentance. They speak the word. They teach. They train. And they host the presence of God like never before. They have died in the secret place. They have been told to find their place, but realize that no one is stepping into these roles. And God is calling them in this season, in this time, into those, that place of a fight. 
They have paid the price. They have sacrificed. And they will sacrifice. If that's you and you felt like that was me, and you might be like, well, I'm not in that place. I don't fully identify with all of that word yet. I want you to stand up. If you stood up, I want you to close your eyes and I just want you to receive right now. Because the Lord is wanting to pour out his spirit on you right now. In my heart, I felt a sorrow for the men of this land. That they haven't stood up yet. There, that there's, there's, a, there's a deception on them. I see Xboxes and they have found that they can be heroes with no risk, no pain, no sacrifice. We've made men virtual heroes in, in a world that is no reality. The place of men leading the way forward, the place that they hold has not been stepped into for years. I see it as it was when Josiah found the book in the temple. And he stood into this role as he was supposed to and reestablished that healing, that reestablished that structure of a nation of serving God. I believe God is going to raise up Josiahs that will step into the God-ordained role of manhood and be the leaders and men of God they're supposed to be. I see a mighty partnership between these Josiahs and Deborahs. But I just want to say right now, if you identify with that Josiah, that you're like, maybe, maybe you have... You've allowed yourself to be a hero with no sacrifice. You've allowed yourself to be a hero with no pain. But now you're like, no, I'm, I, I want to step into that role. God, I want to walk. I want to be that Josiah. I want to see my nation changed. I want to see the manhood in my nation reestablished in this, in this time. Then I want you, I'm calling you to stand. Because God's wanting to reestablish something in you. And through you, Shabbatakasu. Josiah, like Mena said this morning, was eight years old. Was eight years old. So don't let anybody despise you of your youth. Shabbatakasu I see a mighty partnership between these Josiahs and Deborahs that God is gonna shake nations with their righteousness and anointing, that God is pouring out his spirit. This partnership of sons and daughters is what God wants. And I really believe in this, there will be a season 
where I believe the daughters will rise up in, in a position and that Hey, uh, Carlos, can you, can you lift up, just play that music a little bit louder. I want you to receive right now, if you're standing up, if you're standing up, receive, receive, the Holy Spirit is pouring out. If you're wanting to be that, that Deborah, if you're wanting to be that Josiah that makes a difference in the nation, that makes a difference in the, these, the, the, your people, in, in, in the UK, in, in Wales, that the men of God, you want to make that difference with the men of God. You want to make that difference as a woman of God. But you might feel like I'm inadequate. I can't do it. God is raising up a generation, raising you up right now. In the name of Jesus, pour it out, pour it out, pour it out, pour it out, pour it out more, 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 more. More, more, more in the name of Jesus. Pour it out, pour it out, pour it out. Fire in the name of Jesus. Fire, 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 fire. Fire in the name of Jesus. Receive, 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 receive. Receive, receive, receive. Receive. I'm telling you, the enemy's going to come with doubts right now. But I want you to cast them aside in the name of Jesus. I want you to cast them aside because God is you going to use you. Your obedience, your yes in this moment, it's, it's making a stand. You're marking a change for a next generation that they're going to encounter the Holy Spirit. They're going to encounter God like never before. So if that's you, then stand. It's not too late. It, the time is not past. The season is not past. But if you're wanting to be a part of that, then you stand. Say, I want to be a Josiah. I want to be a Deborah. I want to be that man of God. I want to be that woman of God. I don't want this season to pass. I don't want this time to pass. I want, I want to see my generation changed. I want to see the, the people in Wales worshiping as in the days of a revival, that they were just worshiping in, in, in places, in marketplaces. Lord, that your glory would fill the streets. So come receive, receive, receive. Fire in the name of Jesus. Fire in the name of Jesus. Fire, 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 fire. Sharanana, fire in the name of Jesus. Fire. Pour it out, 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 pour it out. More, Lord, more, Lord, more, Lord, more, Lord. Sharata, fire, fire, fire in the name of Jesus. Those doubts in the name of Jesus to come off. Fill, 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 fill. Fire, 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 fire. Run, 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 my son. Run. Fire in Jesus' name. Fire, 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 fire. Shut so Fire, fire. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this, this morning. 
Lord, I thank you that you're releasing, Lord, words right now to people. You're speaking to them words. Shabbat kasu. You're speaking to them, Lord, plans and purposes that you have. As Grace was praying, I don't know if you know, you see the transformation when the larvas to butterflies stop crawling, start, fly, start flying. The Lord wants you to fly, the Lord don't want you to crawl. But few of you want to keep, keep crawling the way you are. Don't want that transformation. Surrender to Him. Let the Lord transform you. To be the beautiful but butterfly He wants you to be. He didn't make you to crawl on the floor. He made you, he made you to fly. He made you to fly. Amen. Fill, Lord, fill, Lord, fill, Lord, fill, Lord. We thank you that you are faithful. Lord, and I thank you, Lord, that you are faithful in every season. You're faithful in every season. You're faithful in every season. that you're opening eyes right now. Lord, you're establishing, Lord, vision in the name of Jesus that these, there's a strength in your Deborahs and in your Josiahs right now in the name of Jesus. There's a strength for persevering. There's a strength, Lord, for continuing on. There's a strength for seeing. There's a grace right now for seeing things broken open in nations. There's a strength right now to see, to keep going and fight the good fight of faith. And so, Lord, I thank you right now, Shabbat that you're breaking through, breaking through in the name of Jesus. You're breaking through, breaking through the mundane, breaking through the ordinary, breaking through the, the preconceived ideas of what their life will look like. You're breaking through in the name of Jesus. 
We just thank you right now that there's a breakthrough, 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 breakthrough in the name of Jesus. More Lord, more Lord, more Lord, more Lord. Thank you, Lord. Pour out, pour it out, pour it out. Pour it out for every season, for every season, for every season, for every season. Jesus, Jesus, we just thank you. We thank you. Hallelujah. 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 This isn't a striving time. This is you receive what he has. Every gift, every good gift and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. So we're just receiving the gift that he's giving to you right now. Just receive. Just receive. You're not doing anything. You're not trying to be like working yourself up. You're just receiving. He's pouring it out in the name of Jesus. I just believe that the Lord is also, there might be things that you need to set aside and lay down. And I don't want it just to be an emotional response right now. But I want you in your heart, you need to, you need to, um, uh, uh, you need to make that decision that are you going to lay that thing down? Are you going to choose God over this? Are you going to choose Him above everything else? Whether it's your own desires, your own plans, your own destiny, your own ideas, or are you just gonna go, Jesus, whatever you say. You've got my name on that bottom of that contract and I will go where you call me. I will say what you tell me to say. I will be whoever you call me to be and I'm safe in that place. Jesus, Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, pour it out. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I thank you, I thank you, I thank you, This was another part of the word. I, it said, I feel like Deborah's need older women. So I'm speaking to the older women in this place. To speak into younger women so that they don't fall prey to a feminist idea. Because for now, they might have a platform, but God is leading where men and women will share a platform. That there's no competition, but complementing one another. That God is giving gifts to both men and women that will complement each other to see the glory of God fall in places. So it's not a competition, whether you're a Josiah in this place or whether you're a Deborah in this place. There is no competition. 
There's no competition between the Debras. There's no competition between the Josiahs. There's no competition between the Debras and Josiahs. But God has given you a space. God has given you an obedience. When, God, when Jesus called the 12 disciples, they were from all different kinds of walks of life. And they spent the entire time with Jesus just competing with each other. Who's the greatest? Who's the greatest? I can just imagine that when Jesus went back up to heaven, they were like, why were we so silly? Why did we compete? <laughs> why didn't we just abide in him and listen and follow so let this time be a time of of just receiving him and walking and what he's given to you if you go I don't know what that is we'll ask him go into the quiet place and seek him until you find him knock until that door is open because that door is going to be open but you, I want everybody who's standing, look, look around. I want you to look at the people next to you. I want you to look and say, these are my brothers and sisters to encourage me on my walk, to, to strengthen me and, and help me to run this race with endurance because it's, it's not going to be easy. But I'm telling you, it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I just felt like there, this verse in Romans chapter 5. Through him we have, in, in its verse, starting in verse 2. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. I just want to speak to those that are standing. Because I'm telling you right now that there will be a season that God is, that the devil's going to test this word. He'll say, are you sure God said? Are you sure you're a Deborah? Are you sure you're a Josiah? Are you sure? You sure? And there may come hard times. No, there will be hard times. But as you go through the wilderness with him, he's going to show you how faithful he is. And he's going to show you that he's in the midst of the storm. He's going to show you that he hasn't left you in the wilderness. But he's going to bring you out in the power of his spirit. And you're going to see there's going to be a hope in your heart where you're going to be like, my God does not fail. <laughs> my God does not fail. 
and I don't care if I see hell or high water, my God does not fail. But that is something that you're going to have to walk through. You've got your brother, you just looked at your brothers and sisters, and he's, they're going to encourage you. And you're going to go to them and say, my God does not fail. And you're going to remind each other, my God does not fail. My God's word brings about what he says it's going to bring about. He's faithful, amen? He's faithful, amen? And that hope does not put you to shame. Because it isn't in your own feelings, it isn't in the season you're in, it isn't in the hope you have, but it is in the living Jesus Christ. Amen, 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 amen. If you're standing, you sit down. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, that was not planned, but God is faithful. Amen. Hallelujah. Man, that's a word. I knew it was going to be a prophetic morning, so hallelujah. God is good. God is good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo hoo. Yeah. I just love it when God does this. I do. It's just so awesome just seeing how God moves and He speaks. And man. All right. So as we um, transition. Oh, I just saw the That was on the video. <laughs> Okay, so now as we transition to, uh, we're going to look at 1 Timothy. And I just, <laughs> I just want to say, I've been looking at 1 Timothy for a while, and there's just been so much truth in there. So if you have any time and you're, you're figuring out what to go through in the Word, then I encourage you, uh, go to 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, they're really great. I just... Yeah, they're great books. Um, but we're going to look at chapter 1, and we're going to look at starting in verse 18. And it's really interesting because uh, <laughs> it kind of flows on what this was, but I didn't plan it that way. So God, he knows what he's doing. Uh, amen. So there are, um, we're going to read it first in the New King James, and then we're going to read it in the uh, New Living Translation as well, because I feel like when we read a passage, sometimes different uh, like versions, just say it in a way that makes, helps to make it sense a little bit better. Okay, so I'm not like, it all says the same thing, and as we read them in both of um, the versions, you'll see that there's continuity in them. So, in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18... It says, this charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, having faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected concerning the faith, have, shipwrecked, uh, have suffered, suffered shipwreck, of whom are Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I delivered to Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. And we're just going to read it from the uh, New Living Translation. Timothy, my son, hear my instructions for you. Based on the prophetic words spoken about you earlier, may they help you fight well in the Lord's battles. 
Cling to your faith in Christ and keep your conscience clear. For some people have deliberately violated their consciences. As a result, their faith have been shipwrecked. Hymenius and Alexander are two examples. I threw them out and handed them over to Satan so that they may, might learn not to blaspheme God. So as we read those two, they're the same thing. It's just said in a way, in a little bit different way so that you can understand what's being said in the passage. So in this, Paul is speaking to Timothy. Timothy was his son in the faith. He was one that Paul had sown into many times, and he was calling him up to walk in that ministry of, uh, of caring. But if you can see in verse 18, it says, This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you. By them you, wage, you may wage the good warfare, having faith and a good conscience. Okay. So Paul's turning around to Timothy and going, hey, I'm going to give you some tools to wage a good warfare. Right? And what are these tools in which, what are the things that he points out in this passage that will help him wage a good warfare? Faith. You can shout it out. Good conscience. And what's the other one? There's one more there. Ah, prophetic words. So by these prophetic words, I want you to wage a good warfare, having faith and a good conscience. So just like this morning, how there was a prophetic word that was released. By the prophetic word, you wage a good warfare. Okay. So these are the three things we're going to look at uh, this morning. So I just want to start off with the prophetic words. First of all, it starts off in verse 18. And it says that this charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you. Paul is charging Timothy. Now, I think in the New Living Translation, he goes, Timothy, my son, hear my instructions for you based on the prophetic words spoken about you earlier. So Paul had heard whatever this prophetic word was, because it doesn't mention what the prophetic word is in Scripture, but he's going, you know that word that you got? Now, I'm going to give you some help in knowing how to walk. I'm going to give you some direction in how to implement this word that has just been spoken over to you. I'm going to help you in your journey. Because when words are spoken into our life, it isn't just for the moment of a high of like, wow, God spoke to me. And then we go off and do our own thing. But it's so that we wage a good warfare. Now, in Ephesians, it talks about you, you're, you're in a battle. We're all in a battle. If you belong to Jesus, you're, you're battling. Yeah, he says, put on the full armor of God so that we can, we can uh, you know, fight against the wiles of the enemy. So you're in a battle, and you, know, you need to know how to walk. You need to know how to fight. And one of the ways in which we know how to fight, what we do, what battles to pick, 
what, where, what direction we're heading is by these prophecies. It's by the word, by when God speaks into our life. And so I just want to encourage you that the words that you get are important. Don't just dismiss them. You might be like, oh, well, I've gotten that word. I've, oh, thanks for speaking. You know, I got a word and I got a word. No, take it, take it really, like literally. Like in that sense, you want to take it seriously. You want to take those words and go, okay, Lord, how do, I, how do I go from here? You've just spoken this into my life. Where am I going? What direction am I heading? How do I get there? Lord, I'm, I'm wanting to wage a good warfare. Lord, I need your wisdom. And when he gives you his wisdom by, his, by a prophetic word, then, then in one sense, take it seriously. Don't be like, oh, well, that was a nice encouragement. Okay, let's, God, what do you want me to, what, what do, you want me to do? And I just want to say, it isn't just words that are spoken to you, maybe at the, the front or whatever it is, but it's words that God speaks to you in your quiet place. Because we're supposed to dis- test the spirits to see if they're from God. So every word that's spoken, you test it. Is it the Holy Spirit? Is it, is it true? But when you know that is, then if it's the Holy Spirit speaking to you, if you ignore him, why would you do that? Going, God, give me wisdom. And then he speaks to you through a word, and then you go, God, give me wisdom. And it's like, well, I just spoke to you. Or, oh, that was fine for that one meeting, or I felt fine, okay. And then you wake up on Monday morning, and you're like, I'm still battling or dealing with the same things. And it's like, well, did you use the wisdom from that word that was given? Or are you just trying to like, oh, Lord, speak to me again? And so we, I want you to wage a good warfare. Who wants to wage a good warfare here? I, you know, in one sense, <laughs> you don't want to wage a bad warfare. If, you know, don't bring, you know, don't bring a knife to a gunfight, you know? So I want you to be well prepared. I want you to have the gun, and I want the devil to have the knife. So by it, these prophetic words. Now that, I want to say, first and foremost, it needs to be your time with him. Prophetic words help to confirm what God is already speaking to you. So if it's an out there on the box, you just put it off to the side, and you go, okay, Lord, if that's you, then you've got to confirm it. I'm, I, I'm testing it, but I'm not convinced. You put it there, and I guarantee you, if God wants to say it to you, and God is, that's me, he'll confirm it. But we don't want to keep asking God, confirm it, confirm it, confirm it, confirm it. Because if, you, if you've already put it, and he's like, yep, that's me, then we want to be like, okay, God, I'm going to step out. I'm going to put my, I'm going to walk in that word. I'm going to step out into what you've already said because I want to wage a good warfare. If you were in a fight and you never moved, how good of a fight would that be? You would never be able to take ground. You would never be able to meet your enemy in that place. You'd never be able to save people over here. You would never be able to see things advance. You'd just be like, all right, well, I can't move. But he wants you to advance. 
Because when, he, when he, Jesus is building his church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Okay? So let's look. It's the gates of hell. Gates don't move. Gates can't advance. Let that revelation, like, that's, there's, you advance through the gates. The gates can't stop you from advancing. But you've got to move and you've got to wage a good warfare. Amen? Amen? So we do it by the prophetic words. That's one of them. Right? So Paul gives a charge to Timothy. And he's like, hey, I know the word that God's spoken to you over your life. And now I'm going to give you some help and instruction. And I think that's really important. If you know a word in someone else's life, and you know that, you know, ask the Lord, Lord, how can I help them in walking out that word? How can I encourage them? How can I, mo- like, in one sense, give that word of encouragement? And if you're, in one sense, a, a life group leader or someone, a leader here, then you ask the Lord. You have In your conversation with them, you go, okay, Lord, how can I encourage them to walk in the words that they've been given? Right? Because that's, Paul does it. He's like, you've got a prophetic word. Here, I'm going to give you some tips. And if you look in chapter 2 in verse 1, can you just pull that up? Chapter 2, verse 1. And it says, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. So he goes, he goes, hey, I'm going to give you a command. Now, first of all, this is what I want you to do. So you can see throughout the, the book that Paul's starting to give some instruction to Timothy in how to work out this word that has been given, which I think is really encouraging because it's not a just a me and Jesus word, but it's an us word where you get a word and I get to give you wisdom and help and there's people who who's in here, Pastor Wade, Pastor Claire, people that can give you wisdom in how to fulfill that word that God has placed on your life, to give you direction. Your life group leaders, they can give you wisdom and direction for how, okay, I've got this word and I don't know where to go from here. Can you give me some wisdom? Can you give me some help? And the Bible says there's wisdom in multiple of counselors. So as, remember, you're, you're stewarding this gift. You're stewarding this, this word. But in that place, you're going, hey, can you give me some wisdom? Hey, can you give me some wisdom? Hey, I just need, how can I pursue this? I don't know how this is going to happen. And, but Lord, would you reveal it to me? Would you help me? But I'm going to go to people and I'm going to go, hey, would you just pray over me? Would you give me some wisdom? Would you give me some help? Now, I just want to say, you don't want to just go to anybody for wisdom. Look at the fruit of their life. Because some people don't, ha- they're, they're foolish. So don't go to a fool for wisdom. <laughs> go to someone who is wise, who's walked with the Lord. Have them pray with you. But in that space, Paul's giving wisdom to Timothy to know where, where to go. But Paul's also expecting Timothy to do something about the word. He's like, I'll help you, but you still got to do it. (laughs) 
So, and I think this really partners in with the next part because it's, it's the word and it's with faith. Now, faith without works is dead. So if you say, oh, yeah, I've received this prophetic word. Um, and they're like, okay, so what have you done about it? Where, how are you pursuing this? How are you seeing the fulfillment of this? Well, I believe it, uh, but I haven't done anything with it. Okay, then the question is, do you actually believe it? Because there comes a point when faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, where you're going to go, okay, God, I want to step out into the word that you've given me. Now, God might be like, okay, okay, let's just do this first. But he'll always guide you and direct you to the right way. Okay? He's not going to be like, he'll give you wisdom. He'll guide. You know, I've heard um, this phrase, that God can't move a parked car. The Holy Spirit can guide you as you take that step. He can be like, yep, this is the direction. And sometimes you're like, oh, just turn a little bit this way. Okay, go here. Walk this way. Because sometimes in our own understanding, we think that the fulfillment of the word is going to look like that, straight and narrow. Just like, booyah, I'll just walk here. But God goes, whoa, 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 whoa. I need to do this in your character, so go this way. Do this, go this way. All right, as you take a step, you're trusting him in the process, right? But as you take that step and go, God, I believe your word, and I'm going to take that step He'll, he'll guide you and enable you and strengthen you, and he'll confirm that And as you walk. But you've got to walk. You've got to make a commitment. You've got to choose, I'm going to walk in this. I don't fully understand it. I don't fully see how it's going to work out. But I'm choosing to walk in it. Amen? Amen. Does that help? Does that, is that helpful? Yes. Okay, good. And if you know anything about 1 Timothy, there is, he goes on to talk about how to implement things in the church. So Timothy wasn't just given a word that was going to affect his own life and his own personal walk. It was going to see things established in churches. So prophetic words help not just wage a good warfare personally, but as a family. You can ask the Lord, how can I wage a good warfare? Lord, give me some words that I can... that. Okay, Lord, you're speaking this over my family in this season so that I can wage a good warfare so that I know where to go for my family. I can do that as a corporate body. I can give a word corporately to help. I believe this is the word. But again, when we receive a word, it's not just for me person. Like, I've got to walk out in it, right? So if there's a personal word, I've got to walk out in it. If there's a family word, okay, as a family, we're going to walk out in this. If there's a corporate word, as a corporate, we're going to walk out into this. Amen? Amen. But we got to, in one sense, we believe the word. God, you've confirmed it. You've said it multiple times. So I don't know, like, I don't need it confirmed 75 times before I know that it's you, Lord. When it's confirmed, then I'm going to take that step of faith and go, okay, God, I'm going to step out into this. And as a corporate, if you're, for Timothy, he, he was leading something in a church. So he had to make that choice as a leader to see things established in a church. But he's got to take that step based upon the prophecies given to him. Based upon the prophecies given to them. You step out. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You're not basing your trust in nothing. 
You're basing it on the word of God. So when things don't quite look the way you think, you take that word back up and go, God, this is what you said. Show me. Help me. I need wisdom. I need direction. I need this. It doesn't, it's not working out the way that I thought. Now help me. Give me wisdom. Where do I go from here? Where do I go? But I'm going to wage a good warfare. I'm not going to let go of the promise. I'm going to keep holding on in faith. Right? This is, this is also the, the Romans passage, right? It's like where it says, not only that, that we rejoice in our suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. So when we hold on to this, it's producing something in you that in the end, when you look back and go, yeah, there was a hiccup, but I saw that God saw me through. I have hope that when I see another hiccup, God, you're going to bring me through. And you're going to bring me through that one, and that one, and that one, and that one. And it produces hope, and hope does not put you to shame. Hope and faith are kind of like this. When we're talking about biblical hope, we're talking, they, they partner. Where God gives you hope, you're like, God, and it stirs up your faith. You're like, God, yeah, you're going to do this. I don't see it, but God, I'm going to trust you. I don't care what it looks like, but God, I'm going to trust you. Yes, it's going to be hard. All great things happen, not because it was easy, but because it was hard. There's a process. Go with him. He won't leave you through it. I guarantee you, he's not like man that should lie, should abandon, should forsake you. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Even at your worst, he decided to come and die for you. Sometimes we have to, there's, it's not just faith in the word, but it's faith, it's, it's faith in him. God, you're faithful. God, you're faithful. God, you're true. I don't understand it, but God, you're true. You're faithful. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. I know 10,000 things are screaming at me to say, don't, don't trust him. But I'm not going to listen. I'm going to trust you. And as you take that step, he'll meet you in that place. Amen? Amen. Sometimes words require a leap of faith. But there's also a continuating faith that will sustain you. In Hebrews chapter 11, it talks about many men of God, many women of God, that it was by faith they lived. It wasn't just a moment. They're like, I had faith for a moment. But it was a faith that continued. And I'm going to choose to continue to trust God. And the highs and the lows, I'm going to continue. And you see in, in Hebrews chapter 11, there's a list of them, story after story. Against all hope, they believed. Against all this, they believed. Against through this that they decided, you know, they were going through. And God showed up, and God showed up, and God showed up. So if you are struggling with your faith that God is going to do something, then read Hebrews 11. 
Read Hebrews 11 over and over and go, God, okay, this is you. This is the same God that I believe in. He hasn't changed. He's, he's not like man who should change his mind. So I'm going to trust that this is you, and I'm going to believe that this is you, and I believe that my testimony is going to be similar. This is just a pit right now, but God, I know you're going to bring me through. I know that you've spoken, and I'm going to see this through because I am trusting you. Amen? Amen? It's a choice. You got to choose. You got to choose. Don't, don't play like this. Oh, one day I will, one day I won't. Or maybe right now I don't quite feel it. It's not based upon your feelings. It's based upon him. I just want to encourage you. Because as you step into this place, you're literally just falling into his arms. Okay? And he's the greatest at trust catches. Guaranteed. Throughout history, he's just been fabulous. So just trust, so trust him. All of those little doubts, you don't have to have all of them figured out. Don't think, oh, I have to get this and this and this and this. Just trust. If you need to like, breathe, like just blow away those doubts. I don't understand. I don't care. I don't care. I'm just going to trust him. I don't care. I'm just going to trust him. I can't... Go away. Go away. I'm trusting him. Go away. I'm trusting him. I don't care. Well, what about this? I don't care. I'm trusting him. He's faithful. Read his word. Devil, read it. Countless testimonies. I'm blowing it away. Well, it hasn't come yet. I, I don't care. He will. He promises. I trust him. He's faithful. Nothing shakes it. Even when men are faithless, he remains faithful. <laughs> so it's not based upon you. <laughs> you. You don't want to be faithless, but he's still faithful. So go away. I'm not, I'm not listening to you. I'm trusting God. And it will come in like a flood, but God raises a standard. Don't allow the floods to overwhelm you. Keep your eyes on him. You keep walking. God, I don't understand what needs to be done in me. Sometimes God's like, hey, I need to do some work in you. Because in the ups and downs, he's like, hey, I just, I need to deal with the, the trust. I need you to trust me. Because we're going to go into deeper waters. And if you don't trust me in, the sh in this, this, this level, then you're going to get really freaked out over here. So we, you just need to trust me here. And as you trust me here, I'll show you. As you continue to walk, I'm, I'll be faithful. I have been. I will be. And you keep on looking. Look, he's been faithful. He's been faithful. He's been faithful. And there's like a mountain of testimonies. Don't forget the testimonies. He's done it before. He'll do it again. He's done it before. He'll do it again. Okay, so we wage a good warfare by the, the prophecies. So that means you have to spend time with him. Know his voice. Two... By faith, I'm going to choose to trust God. Because the devil loves to attack your mind. Try and convince you that it's not true, it's not right, it's not this. He'll attack here. You blow him away. I'm going to trust God, resist the devil, and he'll flee. Submit myself to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee. And then the last one is a good conscience. No, I find it really interesting. It's kind of like one of, um, 
I'll do this one quick. It's kind of like one of Paul's little tangents. He's like, boom, boom, boom. And he's about to jump into chapter 2, verse 1. But he's like, hey, I just need to make a quick note here. So there's this Hymenius and Alexander. And they have shipwrecked their faith because of something very particular. So in the, in the NLT, in verse 19... 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 19, it says, Cling to your faith in Christ and keep your conscience clear. For some people have deliberately violated their consciences. As a result, their faith has been shipwrecked. And then he mentions these two people. And I just want to bring your attention. These two people are... Why mention these two people? One, Tim- Timothy knew these people. He was in Ephesus at that time, and these guys were big, big speakers in Ephesus. But they were preaching something, and Douglas, I do apologize if I mispronounce this, but it's antinomianism. Okay, we're good. Okay. So basically, is, is a view which rejects laws or legalism and argues against moral, religious, or social norms. Okay. So what they do, what they were doing, is they were going, hey guys, grace covers everything. You don't really need to be obedient. You don't really need to follow what God is calling you to do. You don't really need, you know, those laws, the Ten Commandments, all of that kind of stuff. Just put that to the side. You live however you want. It's okay because God's not judging you. It's grace. Grace covers it all. But the thing is, Jesus came to set his people free from their sins. So that isn't how God grace works. Grace enables us to walk holy lives. Okay? So these people were coming in and saying, I know your conscience is probably saying, you know, stop sleeping with your boyfriend. Or stop lying. Stop cheating. Stop lying. Stop whatever it is. Walk in forgiveness. But he's like, no, no, no. Grace covers it, so don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's okay. It's okay. It doesn't really matter how you live. It doesn't really matter how you live. Just, just grace covers it. Just walk through. And Paul's like, you know, these two, they've shipwrecked their faith because they've decided I'm going to sin. It doesn't really matter. I'm just going to walk because grace covers it. That's not the gospel. That's not the gospel. And this is what he deals with in Romans, right? Paul deals with. He goes, can we, you know, can we continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. Why would you do that? Why would you continue in sin that grace would, be about, would abound? So I just want to like, and this is just a side thing. Um, and I just want to point this out. It says, the distinction between antinomian and other Christian views on moral law is that antinomians believe that obedience to law is motivated by an internal, internal principle flowing from belief, belief rather than any external compulsion. Antinomianism has been considered to teach that believers have a license to sin and that future sins don't require repentance. 
And I just want to, I find it really interesting that it's motivated from an inward perspective. Well, I don't think it's wrong. It's not wrong for me. My conscience isn't bothered. But the word of God says, my conscience isn't bothered. But the word of God says. Then I would, if you're in that place, then you need to repent. God's giving you an opportunity right now, this evening. That if, if the, word, the word of God says, but inside of you, you're turning around and saying, well, I don't feel like that actually applies to me. Ooh, you've just placed yourself above God. And Paul, he's like, that's, that's blasphemy. So where the word of God speaks on a subject, he says, don't get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Then don't get drunk with wine. Where he says, forgive as I have forgiven you, then forgive. Well, I don't feel like it. I don't care whether you feel like it. When you, when you call Jesus your Lord and Savior, you've chosen to submit yourself under his, his word. So when he says something, we go, yes, Lord. That's how you stay in a clear conscience. Now I want to speak to those who feel like they've been, they're, they're like, there's a habit of sin. Jesus Christ has set you free. Jesus Christ has set you free. You don't have to go walk in that anymore. The devil wants to keep you condemned. You're not condemned. You're free. You have power. The Holy Spirit, he gives you power to walk in that life. Free from sin. You don't have to. He sets you free. Okay? So you don't have to go around in circles all the time. If that is something, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that at the proper time he will exalt you. you get, he gives grace to the humble, but he opposes the proud. If you're in that space where you feel like I'm just, keep on like there's an anger issue. Okay, then go and go, okay, I'm going to humble myself and I'm going to receive prayer. I need my brother and sister to stand with me and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna fight this because I don't want to stay in this place. If I'm in this place where I know what I'm doing is wrong and I need help to get out, speak to someone. Amen. Talk it. Say it out loud. I need help. I need help. God gives grace to the humble. There's grace available. Even this morning, God is giving grace to break things off in your life that you don't have to continue in it. No, I'm going to... This word that was spoken, this Deborah and Jer Jeremiah, maybe that's you. You're like, I stood up. And I, I want to walk in this, but this thing keeps binding me. Then this morning, humble yourself. Go, okay, I'm, this is done. I'm done. I'm not going to leave here bound by this anymore. Receive prayer. Amen? Amen. But this is where the importance of all these three things. Because in your conscience, if your conscience is seared, then that listening becomes very hard. Because if your conscience is seared, then someone gives you a word, you're supposed to test it. But if your conscience is seared, then that's going to be really hard to test it. 
So you want to wage, who wants to wage a good warfare here? So in these three areas, prophetic words, faith, and a clear conscience. And I just want to read this, this one. Um, Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 to 14. Because I want to give some hope. I'm not saying perfection. Clear conscience does not mean perfection. Okay? Because sometimes the devil loves to come in on this one and go, Oh, well, look at all of these things. Boom, 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 boom. Right? Clear. Okay. But are you, and in, first, uh, in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, it says, Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on, okay? That I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has already laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Okay? Not perfection. You're headed in a direction. Amen? Amen? Not perfection, heading in a direction. So wage this good warfare. Who's ready? Who's ready? Yeah? The devil ain't got nothing on you guys anymore. You're coming with the guns and he's got the knife. Like, you're going to win. Because you take those prophetic words, you stand in faith, and you walk in a clear conscience. Amen? Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for what you have done this morning, and I thank you for that word that, Lord, you're calling up those Deborahs and Josiahs in our midst. Lord, and I thank you that it isn't just for those that are here, but those that are watching online, those that are, uh, Lord, in, in this nation that you're raising up, you're calling out to be Deborahs and Josiahs, to stand and to, to labor and see this kingdom changed, to see whales uh, saved, to see revival come out lord and i thank you for what you're doing and lord i thank you that you give us tools to fight you give us words that you've spoken that we can walk in you've given us faith that lord by hearing your word we can stand on your word because god you are faithful and lord that we can walk with a clear conscience not being um uh, bogged down by the things of this world but walking in freedom and liberty and Jesus, I thank you for each one here. Thank you for each one that has stood. And Lord, I pray that there would be endurance in them. Lord, that as they walk out, Lord, in the suffering and in the heart, like when that word is being tested, that they would go through with you. And Lord, on the other side, find hope because God, you are faithful. And Lord, I just, I worship you. Jesus, you are Lord in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you need any prayer this morning, I finally stopped saying this this evening. Um, if you need prayer this morning, then there are going to be people on the ministry team who want to stand with you and pray for you. Maybe you didn't stand up for the Deborah or the Josiah thing. And you're like, yes, Lord, I, that, I want that. I need that. I want to be that. Then have them stand with you and pray for you uh, this morning. But be blessed. Amen.